Millennial Falcon, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. I'm Anya Crittenden, a writer for Gay Star News, and with me are my two fabulous co-hosts. I'm Hai Chen Bui, a writer for Slash Film and a pop culture journalist in D.C. And I'm Willoughby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the D.C. area. So today, we're going to be talking about our favorite movies or TV series that we love to revisit time and time again. This is actually somewhat inspired by our conversation from last week's episode in which we discovered that we were all watching Friends again at the same time and in the same place too, which was a fun little <laughs> that discovery. was really funny. That, yeah. was, that was that was a really good moment of like serendipity and yeah, all that. Yeah, it was. Really I fun. think it's it's also our sequel to our self care episode because I mm. think we're all kind of needing a little more self care right now. Mm. Yeah, if you haven't been following the news or if you lived under a rock or had your head in the sand for about three weeks now, we've been at the precipice of nuclear war. Uh, several Nazi rallies and white supremacist rallies and a lot of counter-protests to that. And just in general, our president is a Nazi sympathizer. So um, we kind of need some self-care. And that means re-watching our favorite things. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we just need a little bit of self-care right now, as Willoughby has aptly summarized for us. It's been a rough time. Um, but I actually just wanted to talk about like the nature of re-watching, because I actually have some interesting thoughts on it and some questions I wanted to ask you guys about it, if that's cool, I'm, if you're ready for a pop quiz. I am not ready for a pop quiz, but I'm so down to talk about re-watching things. Rewatching things, if you if you guys have followed along for the last nearly two years, it's almost all exclusively what I really like in the really like section of our podcast. It's usually almost all a rewatch or a re-binge or a, you know, just a, like a catching up on something. So I'm down to discuss this because this is kind of like my bread and butter. Yeah. I'm ready. All right. Of course you are, HT. You're that straight-A student, right? Yep. Straight-A's. Well, straight-A's with a couple B's in, like, the I'm math and solidly B-minus. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so guys. I just wanted to ask you, just first off, like, in general, like, what do you think gives something, like, a rewatchable nature? Like, what do you think it is? What are the traits that make something more rewatchable than another thing? I think it's very subjective. I think it... I think it has to... For personally, for me, it has to hit all the right notes of something that is, I don't want to say light and fluffy, but, like, the ability to kind of hit, like, every every note that I enjoy when it comes to TV shows and movies. And it's a really broad statement, and that's kind of always my open-ended answers and tests. So thank you, Anya, for this. But... Um, I think for, like, with TVs, it's, TV shows, it's usually, um, like, sitcoms that are kind of just wholesome, so specifically Parks and Rec, um, and then with movies, nothing way too, I have to be in the right mood to watch, like, dark and dramatic movies, like There Will Be Blood or something, like, which is one of my, like, favorite movies, it's a, it's a great movie, but I, I can't rewatch that on a dime, like, I have to be in, like, the right mood and like whereas i could watch like uh the movie that thing you do all the time like that's one of my favorite movies of all time like that's such it's such a fun movie and you know i think it has to do with characters i think a lot of it goes back to characters yeah what about you hd i basically agree with willoughby it's something that is like it's movies or tv that i personally connect to um 
on like a character or just like a tonal level, something that's very, um, that either reminds me of my childhood or something that gives me kind of a warm feeling. Like some of my favorite movies aren't even movies that I um, liked that I watched when I was a kid, like the ones that I rewatched, but movies like before uh, Sunrise, Before Sunset, I have the Criterion Collection for that, and I enjoy watching, rewatching those two so much, especially back to back. It just is my happy place. Or um, sh- movies like The Princess Bride, which I watched when I was a little bit younger, but I was introduced to it when I was like in high school, and I can rewatch it over and over again and just quote the entire diet, like movie's dialogue, as I'm watching the film, and it's just you know definitely things that put me in my happy place, things that you know, let me escape. I think escapism is a huge part of that. Um, yeah. Oh, and my main rewatch series is Buffy the Vampire Slayer as well. Uh, that's just something that is a show that I hold very dearly to my heart. So rewatch factor. It, it, yeah. It depends on like your personal connection to the, to the pop culture item, like the movie or TV show, but also I think the quality of whatever, that is as well because if it's a terrible series then you won't want to rewatch it just because every time you watch it you can pick out the worst qualities of it and you will only like enjoy it less because you're critiquing it every time yeah i find that like my rewatch thing has to like hit one of two or both like factors so it either has to be like comfort and familiar or it has to be escapism like it usually Mm -hmm. has to fall in one of those two so like all the, sh- the shows that I mainly rewatch is, like, sitcoms, like you were saying, Willoughby, and mine are always Parks and Rec, Friends, and 30 Rock. But then also The West Wing, which can be serious, but I find it just so hopeful and so familiar because I know it so well that I can just go back yeah. time and time again. But I also like to, like, escape. So I find when I'm down, sometimes I just want to, like, leave my world and go to another world. So, like, I can always rewatch Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings because they're some of my favorite fantasy worlds, or, like, Stardust, um, or the tropey movies of rom-coms. 13 Going on 30 is a big rewatch one for me. I rewatch that one yeah. all the time. Um, <laughs> or just, like, you know, like, comfort movies, like, in the, like, Cinderella or Ever After, you know, just, like, escape to another time or another world where things, there are happy endings. So those are my, like, they have to, like hit one of those two, like, traits in order for me to, like, be like, all right, I'm going to rewatch this, and I'm not going to, like, be bored, or I'm not in the mood. I'm, like, always in the mood for those. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know why I didn't say this in the first round, but the original Star Wars trilogy is really, that's up there with rewatching things. Like, you know, every once in a while I'll be like, I'm going to watch Return of the Jedi, because, like, I kind of need it right now. Or, like, A New Hope, or Empire Strikes Back, or, like, even, like, rewatching like, uh, The Force Awakens, because it's so fun. Like, you know, just, you want to, like, kind of escape into these worlds. Um, and that's why I think, I think that's why millennials really love Harry Potter weekends. Yeah. I, like, if we, if we want to go get into the psychology of it, like, I think that this idea of escaping into a world that we're so familiar with on, like, a weekend after, like, a tough week and, like, seeing on the TV guide that, oh, it's Harry Potter weekend. And you can kind of just, you can kind of jump in whenever because, you know, they play the movies in sequential order, but, like, you know, you maybe you're out for the day on Saturday and you come back and you're like, oh, it's, you know, Prisoner of Azkaban is on. I'm just going to, you know, put that on in the background or, like, have it 
going like you know if you have friends over like it's harry potter weekend like i think that that sort of thing is very common with our generation mm-hmm. and you know rewatching things and it's because i think we're the one of the first generations besides maybe uh like my sister's generation of like early 80s kids like the um the fact that we can rewatch things like so easily is probably part of this because um you know vhs tapes you know if you wanted to watch my sister had the entire collection of sex in the city on vhs and that was like maybe a like a four foot five foot long like shelf of vhs tapes where now you can just watch it on hbo go or like um and and like my dad had all of star trek and the next generation and star trek next generation on vhs those were that was a full bookshelf like a full like five by five bookshelf that, that was insane insane um so but now we have like the blu-rays and the movies and the tv shows and you could just we have so much the m- m- different mediums to watch that i think it's easier for us and i think that's a big culture of rewatching is that the fact that we can do it Agreed. We don't have to rely on syndication or reruns anymore. Although, I do think it's interesting that kind of rewatch culture has always been a part of the American media because reruns and syndicated shows have been so prevalent with, oh, yeah. in TV like on cable. and cable and like cable reruns of um Christmas movies or something, something that like yeah. go that airs every year at the same time every year and it's the same thing and you've seen it many times but you just want to go back and watch it again and like it's been marketed and it's been like it's part of like a conglomerate almost like this rewatch culture i realize yeah like Mm -hmm. tbs does like uh three to four hours a night of big bang theory like syndication like like they they milk that shit um ht didn't you say that you bonded with rebecca your friend your best friend over friends rewatches yeah we did on syndication cable on um Oh, I think it was... Was it Nick at Night? It was Nick at Night, yeah. So, like, Rebecca and I stayed up really late uh, studying and doing homework and stuff, and we would sometimes leave the TV on and watch Friends while we were studying, and we bonded over how much we love Friends and how Mondler was such a great OTP. And uh, I remember one time we were, like, watching the rerun of Friends. I was going up to their wedding, and then right when I was supposed to go to air the episode of that wedding, it skipped to the next season, and I was so upset. And for some reason, that was a moment that really stuck out to me because I was like, oh, Rebecca has seen my true face. I am a hardcore fangirl shipper, and it was embarrassing, but we bonded even strong, more strongly over that. Of course, we bonded yeah. over Buffy the Vampire Slayer and rewatching that as well. That's so great. I think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I always naturally gravitate towards rewatching movies, I think just because I naturally gravitate towards movies but also just because they're easier because they're shorter um i Mm. so and this might be more of a point for you willoughby but like i rarely ever like when i rewatch a tv show i just randomly pull up random episodes or like an episode that i've been like Mm. craving i pretty much never rewatch an entire series because my mindset is like why would i spend my time doing that as opposed to like there's so many TV shows I've never seen that I want to watch and like I need to like watch new TV shows like I'll rewatch episodes of Parks and Rec or The West Wing but I will never really go back and watch the whole thing from start to finish the only time really is I did do that with Parks and Rec last year but I was introducing it to my roommate so like it was less for me and more for like 
bonding with her and, like, showing her the show, and I would do that with, like, I wanted to do that with Pushing Daisies and my roommate next, and, like, but I would never really go back and rewatch an entire show just for me, because I have that mindset of, like, life is fleeting, and I want to watch new things. Um, so yeah, and I know you rewatch well, shows from start to finish. I rewatch shows start to finish, um, not as frequently as probably it would seem, it would appear on this podcast. Like, I go back and watch, like, a bunch of, like, all this, all the main sitcoms that Netflix streams, like, but I'll pick random episodes, but I'll do it, like, for hours on end, like, I'll just kind of, like, almost do, like, a version of Shuffle, or, like, I'll start in the middle of, like, season two of New Girl, and just kind of go from there and see where it takes me, like, I'm kind of, I kind of take, like, my own personal journeys with these sitcoms, and skip over season arcs and seasons that I don't want to talk, or watch, or something, like, it's kind of, it's kind of fading into the into the, the bottom of my list, but like How I Met Your Mother was a big rewatch show for me earlier in this decade, like around 2014, 2015, I rewatched a lot of the series, like but kind of like kind of randomly, like I would like it, I probably did watch rewatch the whole series, but like not in order. Um whereas with like older shows that are very much like in like my my wheelhouse I'll do like a full rewatch or I'll re- I'll watch it for the first time like with Friday Night Lights or I did a that Battlestar Galactica rewatch at the beginning of 2016 like that was like for the first time in like 5 years like the full rewatches I usually t- take like time to do a, a full rewatch like with Mad Men the last I I had never done like a full real rewatch of Mad Men ever until I did it earlier in the year um, so, like, it, it depends on, like, what I want to rewatch start to finish, whereas with Parks and Rec, like, I am, like, just kind of rewatch. I rewatched a couple episodes from season four last night, and now I'm watching epi- a couple episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like, randomly from season four, like, the most recent season, so, it's a weird, kind of, almost incongruous way of rewatching things like sometimes I'll rewatch things start to finish if I really wanted to do like I'm gonna sit down and do a rewatch um or or there's just kind of like my own personal version of syndicated cable mm-hmm. where I'll just be like I'm gonna put on Parks and Rec for the rest of the day and just that's gonna be it like you know how like TBS or Esquire or some other network will just air like a block of episodes from a from a yeah. season yeah and that'll be it that's kind of like yeah. what I do because I don't have cable in my room like my parents have cable, but they don't. I don't have my own cable box in my room, so I just use Netflix and Hulu for like my own my own personal syndication. Yeah. What about you, HD? I've never actually. I'm I'm the same boat as you, actually, Anya. I've never done a full rewatch of a show. Uh, oh, although I did do a full rewatch of Goblin recently, that K drama <laughs> that I was obsessed with, because I was just so in the mood and so like wistful about it. Um, not even Buffy the Vampire Slayer I've done a full rewatch of because I've rewatched multiple episodes hundreds of times, but I've never done a full one. I was actually in the midst of doing a full one, but then I got stopped in season five right at the body because that was a really hard episode for me to watch the first time, and I've only ever seen it once. And I was like, I have to really prepare myself mentally for this. And then I kind of just never got to it and just stopped 
right there. I might do that when I, my little cousin who is currently watching Buffy the first, for the first time sees it so I can watch it with her <laughs> and comfort her. Um, and Friends, too, I started doing like a full rewatch, but I only got to like season eight and then I just kind of stopped and have rewatched various episodes and seasons. Um, yeah, and, and I'm definitely more of a movie rewatch person. Like I have a, I have a couple movies I will just put in and watch over and over Same. again. At the beginning, yep. it was Disney movies. You can see like my old my VHS tapes, which ones are more destroyed because of the ones that I rewatch more. So that was like Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Mulan, and um, now it's yeah like the movies I said before, Princess Bride, Before Sunrise, Before Sunset. Um, definitely before sunset. I've rewatched that multiple times. Um, I don't, maybe some high school musical movies, honestly, because those are just silly and fun. Um, what rom-coms do I have? I have, like, I do actually have this collection of Audrey Hepburn movies I just love to rewatch. Roman Holiday, especially. Yeah. That one is, like, it has a bittersweet ending, but I really like to watch it if I'm feeling a little bit melancholy. I don't know why. Because it has yeah, that, like, I'm nice... Yeah, I'm with you. I like Sabrina, too. Yeah, Sabrina's good. Because it has your boy, Bogey. It has Bogey, <laughs> so I'm a little biased. Yeah, I like Roman Holiday best of, my, of the Hepburn movies, just because it has that bittersweet ending. Have you seen Funny Face? I have seen Funny Face. I really love Funny Face. Funny Face is good. I just don't like the pairing of Audrey Hepburn and... Fred Astaire. Right. He looks quite old in that movie, and I'm just like, it's mm, a little bit uncomfortable. At least um, Gregory Peck isn't too old looking, even though Audrey Hepburn is often paired with older men. Gregory Peck is also like a perfect specimen. Oh, yes, he is. He he's is a he's the epitome of mankind, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also find like my favorite '90s rom coms. Like I can go back to like You've Got Mail and Notting Hill. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I think Notting Hill too. Like, any any time um and some early 2000s the holiday yeah and, like, oh, the holidays yours. i'm not really fond of so it good. i oh, love that movie a lot of teen rom-coms so 10 things i hate about you is a constant one that i go back to clueless clueless yeah. so good mean girls sometimes but uh, those 10 things 10 things i hate about you and clueless are great they're so good yeah mm-hmm. so um we obviously like things that like make us happy um and do you ever rewatch anything like specifically because like like you were saying ht you're feeling melancholy and you want something like a little sadder almost or are there things that you really love but you just find that you can't rewatch all the time even though you were really impressed by it or you do like it but you just can't it's just not a rewatch type of thing oh definitely i think earlier i mentioned there will be blood i have to be in the right mood to like watch that because that's a it's like two and a half hours and be like super dense and heavy and dramatic and all that but yeah there's definitely movies where um if i want to rewatch, like i have to be in this in like the right mindset because like i have a my job is can be pretty harsh sometimes emotionally because we deal with the victims of 9-11 and so you know when you're, you're reading stories and you're reading like first responder stories and impact statements there's a lot there and it can be pretty heavy and so when you go home you kind of just want to cool off and like my sister she has she works at the same place i do she watches um like trash reality shows to kind of like clear her mind and like like settle for the evening after like a tough like emotional day because she actually has to hear hearings and like uh eligibility like appeals and stuff like claimants come in and like 
tell them like why they sh- they should get this award or like this appeal. So like she subscribes to like Bravo and like has all those like reality shows and she loves them because like they're trash and they're- she doesn't really have to like focus too harsh on them. So like it's I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's, it seems like you have to be in the right mindset to like rewatch like certain things and stuff. So most of the time it's light and fluffy. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. For me, a lot of my favorite films are actually films I've only seen once. So Pan's Labyrinth is one of my favorite films, and it's just a movie that completely appealed to me as a dark fantasy and was a really wonderful showcase for Guillermo del Toro's just like aesthetic and his visual storytelling um and it's only a movie i've seen once or it's a movie i've only seen once yeah um just because it it terrified me so much the first time i watched it but it really made an impact on me so much so that it's like burned into your head yeah so much so that like i still remember everything that happened in that film today and i watched it like 10 years ago and it's definitely a film that it was so impactful to me that Again, it's like at the top of my favorite films list. Um, surprisingly, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is my favorite movie, but I've rewatched it multiple times, even though it is quite depressing and sad. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a rough like one. when I'm in the mindset of just being, maybe it's a rainy day. I'm kind of just in the mood to watch something a little bit tragic or something. Um, rainy days always make me turn to period pieces. Yeah. Like, always. Rainy, actually, my favorite Rainy Day movie is definitely Roman Holiday again, just because it has that little happiness. It's like the ray of sunshine in the peeking through the clouds, but it's also quite cloudy still. Yeah, mine <laughs> is probably Joe Wright's Pride and Prejudice. Mm. Ooh, that's a good rewatch one that I always do, too. Yeah, and I like it on a rainy day. It's like curl mm. up in Regency era. Yeah, sometimes, like, there are specific tasks that I'm doing that I like to rewatch films. Um, like, if I'm doing laundry, I will always put on spirited away because i've seen it so many times that i don't need to like to pay attention anymore it has been again burned in my mind i've watched it avidly as a kid like eyes go to the screen and like and analyze it to death and now it's it's such a part of me and i'm so familiar with it that i don't need to see the screen to know what's going on although i always stop to watch that train scene which again is a very melancholy scene i'm kind of a sad person i think yeah, no, I mean, I get it. I feel like sometimes I'm in, like, that melancholy mood, and I want something a little more, maybe not, like, something that'll downright just make me, like, sob and, like, mm-hmm. feel terrible, but, like, just something a little more wistful. Yeah, and, wistful, um, Something I need. I just thought of um, a movie that I really love to rewatch that is, like, an odd comfort to me, which you mm-hmm. might not, like, pin as a comfort rewatch movie, because it's a documentary. But I can rewatch Waking Sleeping Beauty anytime. There's, like, something about that, about, like, just, like, celebrating the Disney's Renaissance era and, like, hearing people talk about it and just going through that, that, like, it brings me such joy and comfort. And so Mm -hmm. I can rewatch that movie, like, anytime you put it on in front of me. Yeah. I love that movie. I think a a good melancholy movie for me to rewatch that I, I... I've had this weird tradition of rewatching it right before I do like a move or like a, a, a like a big like a travel is a uh, lost in translation that makes um, sense like it kind of happened to be like randomly i watched it the night before i think i like came back home for winter break one year and i rewatched it like the night before and then it and then it just sort of just ended up happening where like it was on netflix and i was like i'm gonna rewatch it because i got some time to kill before i you know, I go to sleep and wake up. So it's become like this weird, like travel movie. Cause it's, you know, it's about travel, like traveling to like a, a land you just 
are not familiar with at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like I've done that in in that sense, but just like, and then also there's like the level of like, you know, the, these people are like not, you know, they're like kind of like in this weird arrested development with their with their own lives and stuff, and it's always like kind of an interesting uh, melancholy movie um, that has great happy. It's got a lot of a lot of like fun moments, and then also a lot of like sad moments too. Um, yeah, I think a couple other ones like that would be for me would be like Garden State and then like Five Hundred Days of Summer, which are problematic. They are very problematic movies. Um, but also, like... I mean, Lost in Translation uh, is also a bit problematic, too. There's a, Yeah, there's some problematic... There's a lot of problematic issues with that. Um, but, like, I think... Like, the messages in those movies, they, like, speak to me on, on like, personal levels. Mm. And they're always, like, fun to, like, kind of, like, rewatch. Like, Garden State really helped me uh, figure out that I'd, I'm, that I'd be, like, good to move. Like, to, like or good to, like, leave home. Because, like, that's a big part of the theme is, like, leaving home and realizing that the house you grew up when it isn't your home anymore. Um, and then like, I, re- I, I saw that movie for the first time, like a couple years before I went off to college. And like that movie struck a, a nerve there where I was like, Oh, I'm, I can be, per- I understand that. Like I can, I can go, I can leave my house and I wouldn't like under, I would, I would realize that it's no longer the house I live in or like my home. My, I, my home was somewhere different than my parents' house. Yeah. It's interesting to me because I find that the movies that I love to rewatch are less about the escapism than the TV series I, I rewatch. So the TV mm-hmm. series I rewatch tend to be quite cheerful, quite escapist, um, except for maybe Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but that's one that. Oh, just, I think that's escapist because it's like, like sci-fi fantasy to me. too. Yeah. It's escapist in a way. It's about literally battling your demons, um, which take. In the form of of actual demons, so that's why it becomes escapist in that fa- in that form. But it gets a little dark I later on. Hell. Exactly, um, but I find that a lot of the movies I like to rewatch have sort of have more sadness to them. I tend to like ones that have a lot more conflict than TV series that I rewatch, which is interesting. Like Friends, especially, is hugely escapist. Um, there's not a lot of conflict there except for the ones that can be resolved in a half hour. Uh, whereas the TV, the movies I like to watch, like rewatch Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Spirited Away even, um, a little bit of Roman Holiday, they have a mostly happy pallor to them, but they're very, they have kind of, yeah, a sad underpinning as well. So I think that's interesting. I think it's just like, it's my taste. I Even if I watch, rewatch more romantic comedies, those are... They tend to have sometimes sad endings. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think yeah. another thing for me is, and this is not a rewatch thing, but it's related, but I also really enjoy doing rereads. Um, like, I can mm. reread uh, The Two Princesses of Bamar, like, anytime. It's, like, the quickest book. I can get through it in one sitting, but it's just, like, this really specific comfort to me. Or I just did a reread of all of Harry Potter last year, and I'm sure I will do many more Harry Potter rereads going forward, because I just love revisiting that series. Um, I really want to reread 1984 at some point soon, because it's one of my all-time favorite books, and I just kind of want to do that to myself right now, apparently. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you want to escape into yes, a apparently. society. Um, <laughs> but I love that book. Like It's one of my favorite books. It's, it's so good. incredibly good. Um, and I haven't reread it in a while, but I also really like doing rereads. Um, 
because I just find that that has a, a specific feeling to it that a rewatch doesn't. Like, just sitting you in a book alone with kind of, like, making up that world in your head. I agree. I love rereads. My One of my favorite books to reread that I do constantly is a very strange one, too. Jane Eyre. I will reread that you one over and that and Mr. Over Rochester. Again. Yeah, I love Mr. Rochester, okay? I will reread that scene where they first meet thousands of times. He has it's- a woman in his attic. I know. He's a very terrible, problematic person, but he's also a Byronic hero, so, you know. <laughs> Willoughby's face right package. now is great, because he's never watched or read Jane Eyre. There's a lot of layers to it. Mr. Rochester is... H.T. loves a man who keeps a woman a in his attic. terrible person. Willoughby. <laughs> <laughs> Willoughby is so disturbed right now. Yeah, yeah. It's not good, it's not good radio, but my face is of shock. Of shock. <laughs> There's a lot of layers to Jane Eyre. It's it a has good book, a feminist though. hero who is ahead of her time, and an interesting Byronic hero love interest who is not a great person, but they kind of make each other better people. It's very it's fascinating. True. I like it's it. It's true. Uh, I do, do they eventually get rid of the woman in the attic? No. What's the deal here? Not really. Kind of. Well, well let's get a little. Let's we're not going to like spoil. Well, we're not going to like. Do the whole synopsis, Spo- but there is a resolution. Yes, there's a resolution to the woman in the attic. Yes, there is. Spoilers for a 200-year-old book. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay. I mean, Jane yeah. is a good one, though. Um, another one I like to reread. What is another one? The Golden Compass, the His Dark Materials yes. trilogy. I love that series. Uh, but Philip that Conan. one, like, breaks me. I know. So that one is is a series I reread... I used to reread every year because the first time I read it, I was in fifth grade. I didn't fully understand the entire – the message. Pretty complicated. underlying around it. Yeah, like there's a lot of science fiction as well as fantasy and re- religious allegories going on in there. And I was like, what's going on? And so I used to reread it every year to try to understand it. And then it just kind of became a tradition in which I reread it because I loved it. And it definitely is still up there with one of my favorite series. Um, another one – Ah, I like to reread a lot of manga that I have. So I have the entirety of Fruits Basket. I was going to bring that one up. That's my favorite one my to go back to. ownership. Yeah, I actually reread that recently. Um, That's the best one. It's like 20, 20 editions, 20 issues. And like I just got into – I was cleaning up my room. And at one point I was like, oh, I want to reread Fruits Basket. And then I just, two hours later I, re- I had reread the entire thing. Yep. So, I really so like good. rereading Good Omens as well, the Neil Gaiman Terry mm. Pratchett book. Um, it's one of my favorite books of all time. Um, very excited for the upcoming series, you guys. I'm like, <laughs> whoo, whoo. It's a lot for me. It's so much for me, you guys. Um, but yeah, I really love rereading Good, good Omens. Willoughby, is there anything that that you like to reread? Not It doesn't have to be an entire book. Sometimes like passages, comics maybe. <laughs> eh, not really. That's okay. I'm not really. I mean, like, I I mean, I read. I know how to read. I can read books. I'm not a big reader, I guess. Yeah. And that's it's fine. Just, yeah. Like, there's really not a lot like, of things that I you, that I take the time to, like, read. Yeah. And, like, I have a hard enough time reading new books of, like, sitting down and, like, wanting to. Like Bingley and Pride and Prejudice. I mean, I, I can read, read of Prejudice, course. I, would, I just prefer being. I would. Doors. I would know the reference if I read Pride and Prejudice or seen the movies. 
But, it, yeah, I mean, like, I just, I don't know, I don't have the same desire to read as you guys do, which is yeah, fine. Yeah, like, totally I, fine. You know, because, uh, Anya, you, you know, you don't re-watch a lot of TV like I do. So it's, you know, we all have our Yeah, I mean, things. the fact that I love to read so much takes up more of my time to watch things, so. Yeah, we all have our passions. We all have our passions, we all have our time time to do things like yeah i i really like it's sad to say i couldn't name i don't think i have a top 10 book list that isn't just like the like the seven of harry potter books yeah no i I get that i'm not like you guys you guys talk about like all these books you read and i'm like oh i've never read any of these yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. You've watched some way many more TV shows do. and movies than so. either of us have, so. I think it's because, I think, honestly, I think it's school. I think the public education system really fucked me up. See, man, it did the opposite for me. It, like, it fostered my love of reading. So, for me, I was an avid reader before school, and then it kind of put me off, but I never stopped. It kind of, I was fighting against the public education system's sort of disdain for reading. Yeah. I did get introduced to some good books through public school, but most of the books that were my favorites I discovered on my own. Yeah, I did I did both. I was my school was always very pro reading and like really fostered a love for it, but I've been reading since I was a little girl, so you know. Mm-hmm. I mean it was just because like in English class, you know, I don't like academia. I don't like just dis- I don't like dissecting. Mine and things. HD's favorite like, thing. Specific <laughs> passages. Yeah. Like I, like when when we read Great Gatsby in school, like that was the only book that really like like I liked from school, mm-hmm. and I'll reread. Or there's like, a, there's a theme here, and that was fine. Well, because Gatsby is very theme? similar to like something like Five Hundred Days of Summer, Garden State. Because Gatsby, it's all nostalgia. It's nostalgia, and it's also like the first like manic pixie dream girl. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Daisy's pretty. Okay, Daisy's pretty. Yeah. Daisy's awful though. I mean, they're all Daisy's awful. awful. Like that's the thing. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. People. They're all, yeah, they're all pretty awful. Like. It's funny because yeah. I actually I hated Great Gatsby when I read it because I was like these are not people these are stand-ins for like archetypes of of the worst of America. That's why I like Great Gatsby. Which I that's why I liked it because I was like oh this is a commentary on rich people in the twenties yeah, this is great. I find it fascinating. Um, but yeah, there's there's probably there there is definitely a thread that goes through <laughs> all these things I really like that Anya's like you're yeah, nailing it. I got you. With the, I got you. Picking up. Um. Brand. All right. So do we have anything to add about rewatching or rereading anything? Just that it's a fun little escapist thing to do, especially in these in yeah. these times, these dark times. I do want to give a shout out to all of the Studio Ghibli and Hayao Miyazaki works that I have rewatched many times, and I didn't re- mention before because they are like at the core of my rewatch like love. And also, Miyazaki's coming back for another film, yep. so. That's another one that I'll be rewatching again and again. I am positive. Oh, I should also shout out to The Lion King, Aladdin, and uh, Toy Story, the big three movies that I rewatched on VHS multiple times a day for many years. Oh yeah, Disney's like something and unto itself. Bless. Uh, shout out to my parents for being super cool about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Disney is so great to rewatch. I rewatch it all the time. So let's move on to the last segment of our episode. I really, 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 really like you. But I need to tell you something. So let's start off with 
you will be because it's the rewatch episode and you're the rewatch master. So what do you really like this week? Well, it's not something I'm rewatching. It's something I'm watching for the first time. Um, so back in 2014, there was a little TV show called Daredevil. And then there was a little TV show called Jessica Jones. Then there was a little show called Luke Cage. And then a shit show called Iron Fist. <laughs> and now we're getting into uh, the big meetup miniseries event of the century that they've been promising for three years now um, called The Defenders. And I rewatched it. I not rewatched it. I watched it this weekend. I liked it. It was it was fun. Um, <laughs> That's a glowing endorsement. <laughs> it's only it's well it's it's the same like aesthetic and kind of dourness and like heavy handed like we have to protect my city bullshit that all these shows deal with. Um, Except for Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones, which she's the highlight of the series. Like, she does not... Of course she is. Like, you know, she cares, but she also, like, does not care. She aggressively like, she, does not care. She aggressively does not care. And that, you know, that, what I like about the Defenders is that it they didn't take any... You know, these characters, are they're all the same. Like, these actors are so good at what they do that you can just throw them in with each other and, like, see how they interact. And it's always so fun. Like, I think that's what the, the most fun part about the show is when the Defenders are actually, like, with each other and, like, dealing with their bullshit. Um, And uh, I think it's weird. Like, you kind of have to know what happens in Iron Fist a little bit, which I'm a little sad to say. Like, I probably won't watch it anyways. Who cares? Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. You know, Wikipedia summary, just events of it. But, you know, that's the show that deals with the hand the most before the Defenders. Um, as the big bad of the of the show, uh, but it's fun. It's only eight episodes, which uh, some reviews have said it's it's too long. Which I can see it should probably be about six or seven episodes. Which is funny; these shows can't get it right with like episode lengths. Yeah, Netflix and Mar- Marvel shows in general just cannot get that happy medium of plot versus filler. Yeah, I mean, there's hardly. There's filler, but it's weird, like filler that matters. Like it's like dialogue. A lot of a lot of scenes of dialogue with with characters and stuff. Um, I will say that the supporting cast is almost like all female, which is great. It's like all the supporting female characters over the over the over the show the four shows. They're all like together and they're all like interacting. Which so it's really great to see like Claire Temple and uh, Colleen Wing um, from Iron Fist like talking with uh, Misty Knight from Luke Cage, and then, like, uh, Karen from Daredevil is, is there, um, and, uh, uh, oh, uh, Trish from Jessica Jones, like, they're all, like, all the supporting cast, all the main, uh, supporting cast is there, um, and it's just, it's kind of, like, the fun, the fun of, like, seeing the Avengers, like, interact, but with, like, characters from the Netflix shows, so it's like, oh, that's cool, because I, I remember what you were doing in this show, and now you're doing this, it's fun, um, so, I, you know, it, if you're invested in, like, Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, I would watch it. Cool. It's it's not the over it's not the overwhelming, like, miniseries to end all miniseries. Yeah, that's what I got the impression of. That I think that people were, when they announced that they were doing this back in, like, 2012 or 2013, they were like, we're going to do these four series and then we're going to do a miniseries combining all of them. And it's going to be amazing. It's not amazing. It's, it's pretty good. It's kind of on par. It's par for the course. 
All right. With the rest of the, with, with, with the rest of the Netflix shows, it's better than Iron Fist. That's that's good. Also, not it's hard a, to do. It's a lar- It's a low bar. Yeah. I'd put it. I'd put it. It's not Daredevil season one. It's probably like Jessica Jones or Luke Cage. Wait a minute. Well, we're gonna have to, we're gonna disagree Jessica there. Jones Jessica Jones less than Daredevil. Daredevil Jessica Jones is no, the no. best show. Jessica no, Jones well, is objectively the best of all of them. Agreed. Okay, I meant like in terms of like villain. Like Ooh, the w- Jessica the Jones Fisk villain thing. though is so good. Oh, Whoa, wait, okay. but Wilson Fisk is, is the best villain of all time. Okay, <laughs> see, I think Wilson Fisk is the best villain. I will. What I, what I'm saying is that it's like kind of fluctuates between these the different shows. I don't. Okay, know. all right. We'll just it's, that's yeah. <laughs> We're not getting into any fights today. We'll put it there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, Anya, what do you really like this week? All right. Um, there were a couple things running through my head, but last night everything went out the window um, because, of course, I saw Hamilton again. And I saw the L.A. tour, um, and it was... I mean, what can I say? Like, Hamilton is really a life-changing experience. Like, I know that's hyperbolic and that's, like, a lot, but it really is. And my second time was just as emotional and moving and overwhelming as the first time I saw it. Um, and I had a great experience. I met some of the cast afterwards, and it was... I love this show a lot. We almost got tattoos after the show um, of our favorite Hamilton quotes, but we ended up not doing it. But who knows? We might do that soon. But definitely seeing Hamilton again, I mean, nothing can really top it, to be honest. I... So. I'm a little bit salty that you have seen Hamilton twice, and I have not seen it one single time. I mean... Is this fair, Anya? Okay, but, like, let's put it this way. I've been been waiting for Hamilton for, like, over, like, six years. Like, I was excited for this when it was a mixtape before it was even a musical. Right, right. So, like, Hamilton's been something that I have been anticipating and waiting for and being excited about since, like, 2011 when Lin-Manuel Miranda first announced he was doing just, like, a mixtape of it. So that's my little defense of myself, is that, like, Hamilton's been a really big thing in my life for a long time, and I've just prioritized it, and I, you know, made sure I saw it. All right, okay. (laughs) I love it a lot. But yes, I mean, it's coming to D.C., right? So... Probably, but it's going to be very overpriced at the, at the Kennedy Center. So I'm hoping I'll be able to yeah. see it. I didn't even see Wicked when it came over here. I could always take a trip up to New York and see it there. True, which is probably not going to be that much cheaper. Drop that cool 500 on it. Yeah, man, because I have that to spare. I mean, I'm just saying, if I can fly across the country to see you guys can take a train up to see it. You're right. I don't even take a train. Just I take a cheap bus. Cheap bus, mega bus. Yeah, yeah man. All right, HD, what is your really like for the week? All right, my really like uh, was kind of pop culture related, but also related to my best friend Rebecca coming to visit me this weekend from out of town. She lives in New York, and we engaged in one of our old traditions when we were living together as roommates in college, and we had some wine and watched a kind of trashy kind of prestigious show. I wouldn't say pre- prestigious, actually. Just, like, a fun, trashy show. We watched Riverdale. 
and we watched the entire first season of Riverdale, and it is ridiculous and hilarious and everything that a teen soap fan could hope for. I am not an avid watcher of teen soaps, but I definitely love Buffy the Empire Slayer, as I've been saying all this episode, and it has lots of shades of that, as well as every other teen soap that the WB or CW has cooked up in the past 10, 20 years. Um, definitely an amalgamation of that. Uh, it's this. It's a very fun, self-aware, over-the-top, and overwritten series that knows how overwritten it is. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that it just kind of goes... It steers into the skid. Yeah, it steers into the skid. It just goes for it. You know, guns blazing, tits out. (laughs) Yes! So, you know, it's that kind of show. And we watched it, got drunk on wine, and had a great time. So it's definitely for the experience of it, but also for an appreciation of the amalgamation of teen soaps that Riverdale is. And um, yeah. I enjoyed it. It was very, it was odd seeing Cole Sprouse as like a teen heartthrob because I remember watching him in Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and before in Friends as Ben. Yep. <laughs> and here he was with like his hair dyed pitch black and acting like the edgelord that he is. I'm weird. <laughs> I'm weird. If you can't tell from this hat that I wear. So that, that that clip right there, the one that made me want to watch Riverdale, where Jughead, Cole Sprouse's character, says, I'm weird. Can't you tell how much of an outsider I am? Look at this hat. I never, I never don't wear it. That's how weird I am. So I think that's like the kind of clip that makes or breaks whether you enjoy Riverdale or not. If you can suspend your disbelief and just enjoy it for the sort of trashy goodness that it is, and that, that, that clip encompasses then you will enjoy the entirety of Riverdale. Otherwise, you will hate it. But I liked it. I, really liked, I liked it, it once they got rid of Miss Grundy. Yeah, that was a pain. Yeah. I was really hoping that they would wrap that up fast. Because as like a show that is so self-aware and so subversive about its teen soap elements, the Grundy part was played weirdly straight. And I was like, yeah. when are they going to get this over with? I'm not here and- for another, like, just salacious um, teacher-student relationship. And I didn't know how she was playing it either. Yeah, like, once they threw Archie back into his actual friend group and, like, had him be had him be a part of the story mm-hmm. and not, like, this weird offshoot of, like, the main thing. Like, yeah, he, he, was, he was, like, the B-plot, which is funny. Yeah, and so, like, once he was part of, like, the murder plot, mm-hmm. that was okay. But even then, it was, and, like, like, the, it was funny because, like, he wasn't really a part of it. He was just kind of stumbling <laughs> in. And they, like, yeah. played up how he was basically a dumb jock and was just like, guys, I think there's a murder going on. <laughs> Yeah, and everyone, and, and Betty's like, no shit. <laughs> um, I like that it's one, it's one of those shows where it's like, the cops can't do anything. It's all up to the teenagers yeah. to solve this murder. It's the Scooby Gang of Buffy the Empire Slayer or Veronica Mars. I think they even referenced the Scooby they, Gang. Yeah. They referenced the Scooby Gang. At one point, um, Jughead is like, they would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for these pesky kids. And I was like, of course. <laughs> right. So good. No, but I think at one point, he's, I think he says Scooby Gang. Yeah, he does. Point. Of course. Yeah. So That's it's like great. specific reference to Buffy and just Scooby-Doo in general. Um, the flowery language with, with which they talk to is hilarious. Like Veronica um, Lodge makes at least five references to Charlotte Bronte and 
um, Rebel Without a Cause and Catcher in the Rye very, in like a series of two minutes, and I was like, oh my god, it's very reference, it's yeah. very reference heavy. Yes, definitely. Yeah. All right, um, that is our episode for the week. So if you guys have any thoughts on rewatching, or if you have any thoughts on Hamilton or the Defenders or Riverdale, definitely come chat with us. And where can they do that, Willoughby? You can find us on Facebook if you search for us there. We're on Twitter at Falcon Podcast. Our blog is millennialfalconpodcast.wordpress.com. Uh, we're on SoundCloud where you can uh, listen to us there. We're also on iTunes and Google Play where you can rate, review, and subscribe. So please do that um, and tell your friends. And uh, where can they find you guys on the internet? You can find me at HTranBui on Twitter. You can find me at Anya Crittenton on Twitter. And you can find me at Willoughby Dobbs on Twitter. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.